Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy. And in today's video, we're going to be talking about my top 12 ranked running backs for fantasy football in 2021. Inside of today's video, I'm going to be talking about each guy inside of the top 12 and discussing why I have them ranked at each spot. If you guys have any questions about these rankings or think that I have a player ranked too high, too low, let me know down below in the comment section. I love to talk with you guys down below. And while you're down there, if you are new, please make sure that you hit that subscribe subscribe button down below if you guys do end up enjoying. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to try to help you guys win your 2021 Fantasy Football Championship. And while you're down there as well, make sure that you hit that like button whether you are new or not to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. So without further ado, let's get into it. My number one overall running back, my number one overall player for Fantasy Football in 2021 is going to be Run CMC. Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers underdog ADP player number one running back number one as well obviously so Christian McCaffrey last year was also my undisputed running back number one going into the season in drafts a lot of people tried to rank maybe Saquon above them they had Alvin Kamara above them Derrick Henry there's a bunch of different ways to rank the number one overall running back last year but in a majority of leagues people went with Christian McCaffrey and he only played in three games so technically last Last year, Christian McCaffrey was a humongous bust for your roster because he only played in three games. But in those three games, this guy was a menace to the defenses. He was averaging 30.1 PPR points per game, 27.3 half PPR points per game, and 24.5 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Christian McCaffrey was the number one overall running back in all those formats, and he only played in three games at the end of the season. He was running back 54 in PPR, 53 in half PPR and 51 in standard while those numbers don't jump off the board finishing as running back like 54 53 and half PPR that's not going to win your your you win you your league but what's crazy about that is if most running backs played in three games they'd finish as running back 100 you want to know why because they're not ripping off 30 points per game that's why and Christian McCaffrey is able to do that year in year out with little effort. It doesn't even seem like the guy is trying out there. He just gets the ball in his hand, whether they hand it to him or they dump it off to him, and he just makes magic happen. He makes the defenders move. He makes the defenders look silly, and he moseys his way on into the end zone, and it doesn't even look like he's trying. He's basically playing Madden on rookie mode. It's what it looks like when Christian McCaffrey steps onto the field. Now, there is yet another quarterback change for Christian McCaffrey. In McCaffrey's career, he's played with guys like Cam Newton, obviously, for a majority of his career but when Cam Newton was hurt Kyle Allen has played Will Greer has played recently last year they obviously had a different quarterback there as well in Teddy Throzevelt Teddy Bridgewater who is now in Denver but this season we're to be seeing Christian McCaffrey and Mono Man Sam but you want to know why the quarterback position does not matter at all for Christian McCaffrey because any quarterback with any sense of mind which all of these quarterbacks have they know that all you have to do to score points in real life to try to win the game for the Panthers it's to give the fucking rock to Christian McCaffrey whether you hand it to him or you dump it off to him Christian McCaffrey has succeeded with Riverboat Ron as his head coach and he's also succeeded with Rule as his head coach you want to know why it's because Christian McCaffrey is a superstar he is the definition of a superstar at the running back position this guy is the king especially in fantasy football and I know I said hey Christian McCaffrey 
McCaffrey scored 30.1 PPR points per game. That seems like a big number, but how big is that number? Alvin Kamara, who finished as the number one overall running back, who's my ranked three that we're going to be talking about a little bit later. He finished as the running back number two in points per game last season in the PPR format, and that was with 25.2 PPR points per game which means Alvin Kamara is basically getting outscored by 5 PPR points per game by Christian McCaffrey. 27.3 half PPR points per game is what Christian McCaffrey is averaging, and Alvin Kamara was running back 3 and half PPR. Alvin Kamara was averaging 22.6 half PPR points per game. Again, Christian McCaffrey basically outscoring the other running backs by 5 points per game in half PPR. And that's the number two, the number three overall guy. It's because Christian McCaffrey is the perfect combination of an NFL running back for PPR and half PPR formats. And even with that said, the guy was still the number one overall running back in standard in points per game. It's because even if you're getting all these receptions that are huge bonuses for half PPR and full PPR, the yards still matter. Christian McCaffrey is one of the only NFL running backs that year in and year out, you would say, could finish with 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. Let me know down below in the comments which running backs you believe can do it. Christian McCaffrey and which other running backs do you think could have 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. You can almost pencil Christian McCaffrey in for having those numbers. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter about the team around him. Christian McCaffrey has a pretty solid wide receiver core around him. Robbie Anderson, as well as DJ Moore, who in my opinion is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL. And he still is able to get so many receptions every single game. Last season, Christian McCaffrey had 59 carries, 19.7 per game. He had a grand total of 224 rushing yards, 74.7 per game, 19 targets, 6.3 per game, 17 receptions, 5.7 per game, 146 receiving yards, 48.7 per game, and a grand total of six total touchdowns. But when he was not hurt in 2019, when he played a complete season, these are the numbers Christian McCaffrey put up. 287 carries, fourth highest at running back, 1,387 rushing yards, third highest at running back. He had 143 targets, which is 8.9 per game, almost nine targets per game, number one at running back. He had 1,005 receiving yards, number one at running back, 116 receptions, 7.2 per game, number one at running back, 19 total touchdowns number one at running back. What else is there to say about Christian McCaffrey? When you're the number one overall pick, you close your eyes and you pick Christian McCaffrey. There is no debate about it. There's really no one I'm seeing trying to rank anyone above Christian McCaffrey right now. But I know some people, they'll try to get cute. They'll try to get a little sweet and they'll draft Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott at the number one overall pick. And you are handicapping your team when you do that. Christian McCaffrey is the number one overall guy for a reason, and it's because he is just a fucking monster in all the number categories, and I think that it's going to be exactly the same with Mono Man Sam as his starting quarterback. This guy is the number one overall pick, and you should not even think twice about it. At number two, we have running back of the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, underdog ADP overall pick 2.1, underdog ADP running back number two. Now, with Alvin Kamara last year, I was definitely hitting Dalvin Cook with a straight up fade mark. I didn't want anything to do with Dalvin Cook. I was telling you to avoid him and boy was I wrong and my thought process behind it was that Dalvin Cook has just missed so many games in his career since he's been in the NFL since 2017. He's missing all these games. He's not able to stay healthy. Sure, technically, Nick, I was right, right? He only played in 14 games last season but what you have to understand with Dalvin Cook is he'll probably play 
13, 14, 15 games. He'll miss a couple of games every single year. But when he's on the field, this guy is also on another level. Now, he's not going to have all the targets that McCaffrey has, but he's going to make up with it, make up for that with rushing upside because of how many rushes this guy is going to be able to be getting on a per-game basis because of how much the Minnesota Vikings like to run the ball. Even last season, with the Minnesota Vikings offense being really good, we saw last year the emergence of Justin Jefferson's rookie season, the carries for Dalvin Cook were still number two at running back with 312. He had 1,557 rushing yards, 111.2 per game, ranking number two at running back, which is even crazier about that stat is the number two overall running back in rushing yards is 1,500. 1,500. Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000. That's just a crazy stat right there. Dalvin Cook had 54 targets, 15th highest at the running back position, 44 receptions, 14th highest at running back, 361 receiving yards, 10th highest at running back, and 17 total touchdowns, number two at the running back position. So when you're drafting Dalvin Cook, you just have to basically understand that you're not going to have him play a full 17-game slate that we are playing this season. In 14 games last year, Dalvin Cook was the running back two in PPR, three and a half PPR, number three in standard, averaging 24.1 PPR. PPR points per game, 22.6 half PPR points per game, and 21 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Dalvin Cook was the running back three in PPR, two and a half PPR, as well as two in standard. Just like with Christian McCaffrey, to me, Dalvin Cook is one of those no-brainer picks. At number one, in a tier of his own, you have Christian McCaffrey. You have Christian McCaffrey who's sitting up there with all of that safety. He's basically a walking ad for a Trojan condom. That's how safe this guy is. At number two, you got Dalvin Cook. Basically, every time I'm at the number two overall spot, I'm going to be taking Dalvin Cook. But I think there's definitely much more arguments that you can have here from the two to five range that are on your screen right now. I think a lot of people are going to have these guys in a jumbled order. And I think some people will even have a different running back at the number five overall spot that is not. Saquon Barkley, who obviously we're going to be talking about later. Maybe it's a guy like Zeke who would be at that spot for some people. But I just feel like Dalvin Cook, when this guy is on the field, you know exactly what you're going to be getting. You're going to get a team that likes to rush the rock down the defense's throat. Even with a not-so-hot defense in Minnesota, they still manage to run the ball so much. And I just feel super safe with Dalvin Cook on this team. Sure, he could end up getting hurt and completely ravaging my ass as I tell you to draft him at the number two overall spot. But this year, unlike last season I saw it with my own eyes I saw the talent that Dalvin Cook has and I'm happy to draft him at the number two overall spot and he is my running back number two for 2021 we are about 10 ish minutes into this video so if you guys have ended up enjoying through the first two running backs please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below because not only is it free I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship so at number three we have running back of the New Orleans Saints Alvin Kamara underdog ADP running back number four overall pick 4.6 basically at the first couple of picks probably through running backs one through six their ADP overall is going to correspond with their running back ADP because people just draft running backs so early and often inside of the first two rounds of 2021 fantasy football drafts in most drafts you're going to be seeing probably in a 12 team league nine out of 12 of those picks are running backs maybe eight. Uh, majority of the time, you're going to be seeing at least probably two wide receivers and one tight end inside the first round. 
yeah, like there's no way that you see less than six running backs inside the first round, even less than eight in my opinion. So at number three, we have Alvin Kamara in 15 games last year. Mr. Kamara was the running back number one in PPR as well as in half PPR and the number two in standard, averaging 25.2 PPR points per game, 22.6 half PPR points per game, and 21 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Alvin Kamara was the number two running back in PPR, three and half PPR, and four in standard. Now, Alvin Kamara is going to be one of those running backs that, in my opinion, is technically a polarizing player because I think a lot of people are going to be worried to draft Alvin Kamara because of the uncertainty at the quarterback position. Some people may say the Johnny Sins of the NFL in Taysom Hill might be the starting quarterback. Others, like myself, believe it is going to be famous Jameis, steal a crab, eat a W, Winston. And I think that if Jameis is the quarterback, which is what I believe, which is my thought process because I think that Jameis Winston is a million miles better than Taysom Hill at playing quarterback. Sure, like I said, Taysom Hill is the Johnny Sins of the NFL because that guy can do anything. He could play tight end. He could play kick returner. He could go block on special teams. I'm sure that motherfucker could kick a field goal. But at the end of the day, he's not the quarterback of this team. Famous Jameis Winston is. And I believe if that is the case, that Alvin Kamara is a very safe pick. The reason why Alvin Kamara struggled last season was in the games without Drew Brees. It was in the games that Taysom Hill ended up playing. And there's definitely an argument people are going to make in the comment section who are Taysom Hill truthers. They believe, hey, Nick, why, why did Jameis Winston not play last year? Why did they play Taysom Hill? Because, in my opinion, they didn't play Jameis because they were fine because they could win some games with Taysom Hill. And they thought, hey, if we don't play Jameis, then next year we can sign him back to a cheaper contract, whereas if we play Jameis and he balls out in those four or five games that Drew Brees was gone, then you know what we're going to end up doing? We're going to end up having to pay Jameis Winston or another team is going to sign him because he looked good. That's my thought process on it. I believe that Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback for the long haul in New Orleans, and that's going to help Alvin Kamara out a ton. Now, Alvin Kamara is never going to be an NFL running back that gets you a thousand plus rushing yards. Maybe he tops the 1,000-yard mark. He was very close to it last season with 187 carries, 937 rushing yards, 13th highest at the running back position. He's never going to be a guy that carries you from the rushing total. But what he does do is put your team on his back by getting those targets that a guy like Christian McCaffrey can get. 107 total targets in 2021, ranking 7.1 Uh, per game, number two at the running back position. He had 83 receptions, 5.5 per game, number one at running back. He also had 756 receiving yards, number one at running back, 21 total touchdowns, number one at running back. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are the first two players we have talked about in this video that I believe can do the 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. Now, I think Alvin Kamara could struggle to get a 1,000 rushing yards because he's just not a kind of person that's going to do that because he's not given the work, like a workhorse running back level of carries. But how he subsidizes that, I believe that's the correct word there, is by getting all of those targets. And I believe that Jameis is smart enough to dump the ball off. Jameis also got that LASIK eye surgery, so he's looking better, and he threw a dime in that playoff game, I believe, up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm confident in Jameis. I'm confident in Alvin Kamara, a ultra-safe running back because of the targets that he's going to be seeing in 2021. At number four, this was a spot where I was mentally battling with myself, doing some mental gymnastics, because if I'm being honest with you, four, five, and six to me, are very, very close. I rank Derrick Henry above Saquon Barkley strictly based upon safety because Derrick Henry 
Sure, his safety is very weird because most running backs in fantasy football, the reason why they're so safe is because they're going to get 50-plus target or 50-plus receptions, and they're going to be safe because they're catching all those balls, right? And that just makes you safer because you have a nice floor of catches every single week. But Derrick Henry, this guy has butterfingers. This guy cannot catch a football to save his life. If you captured Derrick Henry, you put a gun to his head, you said, hey, you've got to catch this ball that I'm going to throw to you in a live game scenario. I'm sure in practice, Derrick Henry catches every single pass. But in a real game scenario, you got to catch this. Derrick Henry probably gets his fucking brains blown into the wall because he cannot catch the ball underdog ADP running back number three overall pick 3.6 last year Derrick Henry finished his running back three in PPR two and a half PPR and number one in standard without even really catching the ball at all averaging 20.8 PPR points per game 20.2 half PPR points per game 19.6 standard points per game meaning from a points per game perspective Derrick Henry was the running back four in PPR four and a half PPR and four in standard so again Derrick Henry finishes the running back four in PPR, four and a half PPR, and four in standard. And he was averaging 20.8 PPR points per game. This even further solidifies how great Christian McCaffrey is. He was basically averaging 10 more. He averaged almost 10 more PPR points per game, Christian McCaffrey did, than Derrick Henry. Like seven more than Christian McCaffrey, or than Derrick Henry in half PPR. And in standard, it was a little bit closer with like five more points per game for Christian McCaffrey. That just shows how good Christian McCaffrey is. And I don't think a lot of people really harp on that enough. That's why I'm doing that in this video. But does that discredit Derrick Henry? No, it just shows you how fucking great McCaffrey is week in and week out. Derrick Henry's safety, again, just comes with the amount of touches he is going to get. Something that someone brought up about in the comment section a little bit ago. I believe it was Crackerman. If it was not him, I apologize to whoever said this, but Derrick Henry has really only been in a workhorse role in the NFL for a couple of years. Early on in his career, he was not the workhorse. That's why a lot of people were fading him. And then in 2018, towards the end of the season, he has that real breakout. End of the season, 2019, balls out. 2020, balls out. And at Alabama, he wasn't necessarily a workhorse running back either because they have other running backs at Alabama that are going to be successful. Who would have fucking guessed? But So that means that Derrick Henry, while he's getting an absorbent, absorbent amount of touches every single week, he still has a lot of tread left on those tires, in my opinion, and in the opinion of Crackerman, who, again, I believe commented that. If it wasn't him, then uh, I'm terrible at giving MLA sources, apparently. So last season, Derrick Henry, who would have guessed, finished as the number one overall running back in carries, 378, 23.6 per game, number one at running back. 2,027 rushing yards, 126.7 per game, number one at running back. 2,000 rushing yards. 2,000. That is absurd. That is crazy. 31 targets, 19 receptions, 114 receiving yards, 17 total touchdowns, number two at running back. Now, the reason why that 2,000 number is so absurd is because nowadays, running backs aren't Derrick Henry. Running backs are, while they're not Christian McCaffrey, right? They're not that great at catching balls, but they are going to be catching a bunch of passes, so they're not going to get 2,000 rushing yards. Getting 2,000 rushing yards is like a throwback. This is like, Derrick Henry is like watching a running back play before there were running backs getting all of these targets. It's actually crazy just how good Derrick Henry is. Now, there's going to be some objection to Derrick Henry, which is going to be, they added Julio Jones, so they're going to try to throw the ball more. They threw the ball a lot to A.J. Brown and Corey Davis last year, right? They were both good fantasy assets, and Derrick Henry still dominated. Derrick Henry 
is a menace to these defenses. You cannot tackle Derrick Henry. There's reasons why there's so many funny-ass pictures of Derrick Henry stiff-arming dudes. There's the one of him throwing Josh Norman into a different universe. That's how talented Derrick Henry is. He's super safe because he's going to be getting a million touches. Just draft Derrick Henry. Again, another no-brainer. At number five, we have another polarizing player because he's currently coming off the board as running back number six on underdog coming off the board as pick 7.0 and the reason why I say he's so polarizing is because it seems like a lot of people are not excited to draft Saquon Barkley because of the injury and because of the early reports and I'm going to read one for you According to NBC Sports Edge, Sports Edge, Saquon Barkley knee said he doesn't have a timetable for his return in an appearance on the Rich Eisen show. Barkley, who missed OTAs, declined to say if he'll be open for training camp on the pup list, if he's going to start on the pup list, which means physically unable to participate, or if he'll be ready for week one. The Giants hedged, Bark- hedged on Barkley's recovery this offseason, signing Devontae Booker and Corey Clement, and are committed to not rushing him back, which means that we could be seeing a lower workload for Saquon Barkley earlier on in the 2021 NFL season. And while there's probably some truth to that, while maybe they won't go out there at the beginning of the year and give this guy a zillion touches that we are used to for Saquon Barkley, who cares? Because the doctors nowadays are amazing. Doctors are going to be able to repair Saquon Barkley's ACL like it was nothing. Maybe he won't get all those carries week one, week two, week three. Sure, that's a little bit of the season, but for the rest of the season, when they fully unleash Saquon Barkley, this guy's going to dominate for fantasy football. He does every year. Last year, Saquon played like shit before he got hurt, but that's because he played his first two games of the NFL season up against two tough defenses, week one up against Pittsburgh and week two where he inevitably got hurt up against the Chi-Town Bears. He just could not get it going week one, but the way they were able to make him not be a complete bust week one was by giving him nine targets. He finished with 66 total yards, six receptions. He had 15 carries, so he wasn't playing all that well, but he's still going to be fine even when he's getting smashed by what looked like the best defense in the NFL at that time in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Week two, the numbers were terrible because he got hurt early on in the game. While the Giants don't have the greatest of offensive lines. I think it should have gotten better in 2021. I think Daniel Jones knows how to get himself another year in the NFL as the Giants quarterback and not become a backup. You want to know how he does that is by giving the ball to the best player. The best player on the New York football Giants is Saquon Barkley. Maybe Kenny Galladay is the best receiver on that team. He is, obviously, but Saquon Barkley is still going to be one of those running backs that just gets so many targets. In 2019, we'll look at his stats for then, because in 2020, he played in two games. The stats tell you nothing. He was running back 121 in PPR, 120 in half PPR, and 120 in standard. And that also just shows, again, how good Christian McCaffrey was, because McCaffrey played in three games, was running back 54 in PPR, 53 in half PPR, 51 in standard. Saquon played two, was 121 in PPR, 120 in half PPR, and 120 in standard. But I'll get off Christian McCaffrey's dick and continue to talk about Saquon Barkley. In 2019, Saquon Barkley had 217 rushes on 13 games for 1,003 rushing yards. And he also had 73 targets for 52 receptions, 438 receiving yards, and eight total touchdowns. So he is a guy that is also going going to be seeing a lot of targets to help him out for his safety in fantasy football. I understand that some players like to avoid their injuries, right? They know Saquon got hurt. They want to fade the injury. But this is not 1980. 
This is 2021 medicine. It continues to get better. Saquon will be fine. But I do understand if you want to avoid him because there's obviously a chance that he tears his ACL again or he ends up getting hurt. But there's a chance that all these fucking players tear their ACL. So now onto running backs 6 through 10. We begin with Mr. Discount Double Checks Friend with the same name. A.A. Ron Jones running back of the Green Bay Packers. Overall pick 18.7 on underdog down 2.71 picks this week. And he is overall running back 13 on underdog. And to me, Aaron Jones is going to be so great in 2021, but he is going to fall down probably to around the 10 spot if, 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 if Aaron Rodgers does not end up playing. My assumption, again, I will assert this in this video, that my assumption is that Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers, that Rodgers ends up eventually giving up on the holdout. Now, when will he give up on it? I don't know. By the time we're drafting in late August, early September, hopefully we have the idea that he is going to be the guy. If we don't have that idea and it seems like there's a holdout imminent, it seems like he might get traded or something, then I'm just going to pull back. But right now in July, where I'm coming from, my belief is that it's like 50-50, a true coin flip if Rodgers is the quarterback there or not. And I'm going to take maybe 51-49%. I believe Aaron Jones will be fine with Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, and he should be all right with the other quarterback in Jordan Love, but the fact that they won't be able to move the ball as maniacally, as easily, as simply up the field without Rodgers does worry me a little bit. Same thing goes with Devontae Adams. I'll talk about him in the wide receiver video, how I think that he could easily be the number one overall wide receiver. But if Rodgers isn't there, you have to backtrack just a little bit. I'm not saying not to draft Devontae Adams, not to draft Aaron Jones, but you have to pivot back a little. Uh, last season, Aaron Jones finished as the running back five in PPR, as well as in half PPR, as well as in standard, averaging 18.5 PPR points per game, 16.8 half PPR points per game, and 15.1 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Mr. A.A. Ron Jones was running back five in PPR, five and half PPR, and six in standard. In the offseason, Aaron Jones got that contract. I thought that the Green Bay Packers were smart. They let Aaron Jones go. You don't pay a running back. You let A.J. Dillon step into the role. And A.J. Dillon was going to be chef's kiss. Amazing. He's going to be a value in fantasy. He's going to carry your team. Then that doesn't happen. I thought Aaron Jones was going to go to the Dolphins or something. No. He stays put. Signs that nice contract with his John Hancock. And boom. He's the running back for the Green Bay Packers for the foreseeable future. And I love this guy. Last season, he had 201 carries, 1,104 rushing yards, fourth highest at running back, 62 targets, 46 receptions, 347 receiving yards, and a grand total of 11 total touchdowns, seventh highest at running back. Going into last season, a lot of people were fading Aaron Jones. I was not one of them. I was one beating the drum for Aaron Jones because a lot of people were worried about his touchdown total in 2019. He scored 19 total touchdowns, number one at running back, and people said, that's not sustainable. He's going to completely fall off. But what I was telling people was even if he scores just 10 touchdowns, he's still going to finish as a top 10, top eight running back on that 2019 season. It's pretty easy to do. You just take six points away a bunch of times, you, you know, some quick maths, and then you figure it out and boom, he still would have been fine. So in 2020, only plays in 14 games, and guess what? He was just fine. Because 
of Aaron Rodgers because of how good this team is at moving the football as well as how much talent Aaron Jones has. If Aaron Jones wasn't amazingly talented, then guess what? He'd be splitting with A.J. Dillon, but he's not going to be splitting with A.J. Dillon because Aaron Jones is a workhorse running back in the NFL. A.J. Dillon, sure, he'll vulture a couple touchdowns. Every fucking team has a running back that's going to vulture a couple touchdowns. Latavius Murray will steal some from Alvin Kamara, who we talked about earlier. I don't think anyone's going to vulture any touchdowns from Derrick Henry, maybe Ryan Tannehill. Dalvin Cook, probably not either. Christian McCaffrey, probably not either. But a lot of running backs have running backs on our team. On this list, Zeke could easily get vultured by Dak or Tony Pollard. Jonathan Taylor could easily get vultured by Marlon Mack. And Austin Eckler could get vultured by one of the many running backs on their team. Nick Chubb could be vultured by Kareem Hunt. So it's very hard to find a running back who's not going to get a couple of touchdowns vultured away from them by a different running back on that team. Again, my belief is that this Green Bay Packers team is just so strong. Aaron Jones had 44 red zone touches last year. 3.1 per game ranking 12th at running back. That's why you're able to score so many touchdowns because you're always in the red zone. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to decrease his skill at all. I think he's still the reigning MVP still going to play very well, and I'm confident in Aaron Jones to be that guy in Green Bay. At number seven, we have Ezekiel Elliott, running back of the Dallas Cowboys, underdog ADP, running back number five, overall pick 6.0. In 15 games, Ezekiel Elliott was the running back nine in PPR, 11 and half PPR, as well as in standard, averaging 14.9 PPR points per game, 13.2 half PPR points per game, and 11.4 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Ezekiel Elliott was the running back 16 in PPR, 16 and half PPR, and 18 in standard. With Ezekiel Elliott, I put damn near zero, zero validity in what happened last season because Dakota Prescott, Dickie Dak Prescott ends up getting hurt. And once Dak got hurt, it basically bent this deep, this whole team over a table. The whole offense got bent over a table and just got a train ran on them by Andy Dalton, Gilbert Godfrey, and Gucci Danucci. So like they didn't have a good quarterback. Still, some of them succeeded, but Zeke was really struggling without Dak Prescott. The offensive line there in Dallas is not the Dallas offensive line of just a couple years ago. If you remember, you're like, you know what? The Dallas Cowboys, they got that great offensive line. That's why these running backs are so successful. At the beginning of Zeke's career, that's how it was. But they're not the same defense they were a couple of years ago. And that's okay. That's okay, because we still have Zeke finishing as running back 9 in PPR, 11.5 PPR, and 11 in standard, averaging 14.9 PPR points per game, 13.2 half PPR points per game, and 11.4 standard points per game. From points per game perspective, Zeke was 16 in PPR, 16.5 PPR, and 18 in standard. You just got to put the blame, not on Zeke, on Dak getting hurt. That should not happen in 2021. Dak should be healthy. He should be healthy while the defense in Dallas is soft as dog shit. They are so, so bad. Should increase a little bit better, but it doesn't matter because Zeke is one of those players that's on a team that even if the defense sucks, they're still going to give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. Why? Because he's an elite running back in the NFL and he looks jacked. If anyone's seen a recent picture of Ezekiel Elliott, 244 carries last season, fifth highest at running back, 979 rushing yards, 10th highest at running back, 73 targets, fourth at running back, 52 receptions, eighth at running back, 338 receiving yards, 15th at running back and eight total touchdowns, 19th at running back. If Dak is under center, we saw how good this offense was early on last season when Dak Prescott is healthy. And that's my belief going into 2021 that Dak will be good and healthy, happy and healthy like that girl sings on the radio every single day. If you guys listen to the radio, you will hear that song from Olivia Rodrigo, I believe is her name. But back to the actual football, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be just fine.
last year. All of the struggle, in my opinion, is on Dak being hurt. I hate Mike McCarthy as a head coach, but it could be a lot worse. Their head coach could be Adam Gaze. At number eight, we have Jonathan Taylor, JT, underdog ADP, player number 9.9, running back number seven. Now, with Jonathan Taylor... There came a lot of excitement for him last year out of Wisconsin. I was one of those that was super duper excited to have Jonathan Taylor on my team. This year, I'm still excited to get him on my team, but I th I'm definitely on one pick lower than consensus. I have him as running back, set, uh, running back eight. His underdog ADP is running back number seven. So technically, I'm lower on Jonathan Taylor, but I still think he's going to be great. In 15 games, Mr. JT finishes running back six in PPR, six and a half PPR in four in standard, averaging 16.9 PPR points points per game, 15.7 half PPR points per game, and 14.5 standard points per game, meaning from points per game perspective, Jonathan Taylor was the running back 9 in PPR, 9 half PPR, and 7 in standard. Going into the season, like I said, there was a huge hype train, choo-choo, for Jonathan Taylor, rookie running back. The hype train happens for every rookie going into the season, especially if they are in a role that you think they could break into, right? Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, you know what? Marlon Mack's okay. He's okay, but it's going to take a couple of weeks for JT to become that guy. And then you know what happened? Marlon Mack takes the big dirt nap. Metaphorically, he gets hurt week one. And then Jonathan Taylor is thrust into this position to succeed. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. And Jonathan Taylor succeeded in that situation. What's the difference between last year and this year? They lost one of their all-pro offensive linemen, which sucks because he retired. He said, I'm out of here. But it's okay because they still have one of the better offensive lines in the league. And they switched quarterbacks. Is Carson Wentz a step up from Phillip Rivers? I don't know. I do not know. I'm not a Carson Wentz truther. Never have been. Never will be. I am not a big fan of Carson Wentz. But all things said, I'm going to be realistic and say it's a slight uptick, maybe even a bigger uptick if Carson Wentz figures things out with Frank Reich like he had figured out in Philly a couple of years ago. Jonathan Taylor last season had 232 carries, ranking number eight at running back, 1,169 rushing yards, third highest at running back, 41 targets, 36 receptions, 299 receiving yards, and 12 total touchdowns. I'm not too worried about Marlon Mack. Earlier on in the offseason, I was pretty nervous, but then my brain did a complete 180, and it realized, it said, Nick, why, why, why would Jonathan Taylor be affected by Marlon Mack. John Marlon Mack could not even hold Jonathan Taylor's jockstrap for him. He Jonathan Taylor is what Marlon Mack wishes he was. And Marlon Mack's not a shit-tier running back in any way. I think he's had a season of over 1,000 rushing yards in his career. He's an all-right running back. But Jonathan Taylor is an out-of-worldly running back. What scares me is the targets that Jonathan Taylor could be seeing because Naheem Hines is a very talented pass-catching running back, which could be taking Jonathan Taylor off the field on third-down scenarios, which is a slight worry of mine. Not a huge worry. Not a huge worry. Not like, hey, don't fucking draft Jonathan Taylor. It's just a slight worry, and that's why he's at running back number eight in my current rankings. And number nine, we have one of my favorite running backs last year, Mr. Clean himself, who's underneath me, the bald man, Austin Eckler, running back of the Los Angeles Chargers pick 11.7. Last year, a lot of my audience, a lot of the people watching my videos, thank you so much for watching, by the way, if you made it this far, were with me on the Austin Eckler train. Underdog ADP running back eight, pick overall 11.7. They were all with me saying, hey, Austin Eckler has top five potential, which I believe again in 2021, but he ended up getting hurt. The beginning of his season, the first game, was hurt by Tyrod Taylor. If Tyrod Taylor did not get hit with a stabbing 
like you read about on the internet, by his doctor, then Austin Eckler would have been a complete bust. Sure, he was technically a bust because you drafted him super high last year and he finished as the running back 26 in PPR, 29 half PPR, and 35 in standard. I understand he was technically a bust because he only played in 10 games. That's why he was a bust. But he would have been a humongous bust, one that you can watch on fucking The Hub or something, okay? So that would have been very bad because Tyrod Taylor, for some reason, does not understand that Austin Eckler is talented. He thought that Austin Eckler was some scrub or something. He just wasn't giving the ball to him. And that situation is gone. Tyrod is down in Houston, might be the starting quarterback of the Texans, and now Justin Herbert the pervert, offensive rookie of the year, Pepsi offensive rookie of the year as well. Amazing quarterback seems to be. He's the guy. And you know what Justin Herbert sees? He sees a running back that he can dump the ball off to. And for good reason. Austin Eckler averaged 16.5 PPR points per game last season, 13.8 half PPR points per game last season, and 11.1 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, Mr. Eckler was running back 11 in PPR, 14 in half PPR, and 21 in standard, tied with Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, and DeAndre Swift. So, when Eckler is healthy, he will be a focal point in this offense that Justin Herbert's going to be giving the ball to. Austin Eckler is the Alvin Kamara-esque running back. He's also one of those running backs that I could see going 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards, but he's one of those Alvin Kamara types where, sure, he might not get 1,000 rushing yards, but there's big potential for him to get 1,000 receiving yards in this offense. Last year, again, in just 10 games, he had 65 targets. Four. 54 receptions, 530 rushing yards. He had 116 carries for four or for 530 rushing yards. Sure, the rushing numbers are not going to be huge for Austin Eckler, but we saw in 2019 when Eckler was healthy for the whole season, when Melvin Gordon wasn't there, Eckler was the guy. And in this offense now, Eckler is clearly the guy. The running backs behind him, there's no handcuff for Austin Eckler. A lot of running backs have a true handcuff that you can draft. Austin Eckler, if he was to go down, they're going to throw out a myriad of running backs behind him. There's going to be a bunch of dudes touching the ball with Austin Eckler in the game. It's going to be mostly Austin Eckler. He's a three-down running back in the NFL. Sure, he's a short king. Austin Eckler, only 5'9". Me and Austin Eckler the same exact height, but it does not matter. Actually, I'm 5'10". Technically, that's what I would write if I was on a dating app, but I don't go on those because I have a girlfriend. Great success, as Borat would say. So, Austin Eckler is a guy that I'm very confident in with a lot of targets, with a lot of safety in 2021. Don't be surprised if by August, I move Eckler up into the top five because I'm a humongous fan, huge fan, a big fan of Mr. Austin Eckler. At number 10, we have a guy that I think I'm definitely lower on than consensus, even though technically he's the underdog ADP running back 10, he's my running back 10, I think a lot more people like Nick Chubb than where he is ranked here in normal drafts. I think he's going to go much higher than this. Number 14 overall underdog ADP, 9-inch, Nicholas Chubb. Full chub. He's not even a half chub. He's a full chub in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns are a team that likes to tote the rock a lot. They like to run the ball with Kevin Stefanski as their head coach, which I predicted last season. But with Nick Chubb, there's no real risk inherently with Nick Chubb, but the upside is capped off. It's capped off by Kareem Hunt. If Nick Chubb, there was no Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb would get a million targets every game. He'd be a top five running back without a doubt. But with Kareem Hunt there, he's just not going to get those targets. If Kareem Hunt was to go... No one talks about this. People talk about how, hey, if Kareem Hunt was... Or if Nick Chubb was to go down, Kareem Hunt is a steal. 
in the fourth round, the fifth round, which I agree with. But no one talks about the flippity flop, the reverse of that, that if Kareem Hunt was to go down, Nick Chubb gets all those targets and he starts looking like an elite, elite, elite fantasy football running back. He's still good with, with Kareem Hunt. You better believe that. He's still going to be fine. In 12 games, he was running back 11 in PPR, 9 half PPR, 9 in standard. Averaging 17.3 PPR points per game, 16.6 half PPR points per game, and 16 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, Mr. Nick Chubb, 9-inch Nick, was running back 8 in PPR, 7.5 PPR, and 5 in standard. So, there's reason to believe that he could easily finish as a top 5 running back, but again, I feel like his upside is definitely capped by Mr. Or, Monsieur Kareem Hunt. He had a grand total of 190 carries last year for 1,065 rushing yards. But he only had 18 targets and 16 receptions, 150 receiving yards. He had 12 total touchdowns, fourth highest at running back. So he still had a good season. But 18 targets, unless you're Derrick Henry, is not going to cut it. Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> it's just not going to. So that's why I'm a little bit nervous about Nick Chubb. Again, I'm fine drafting him. I think he's a great running back. He's in a great team for the scheme that they run to get the guy the ball. They have great defense. So they'll be able to run the ball late in a lot of these games, which is great for Kareem Hunt but he just doesn't have that receiving upside, which definitely scares me a little, little bit. Now, on to the final running backs on this list. Running backs 11 through 12. That is the wrong graphic that I just threw onto the screen. Running backs 11 through 12. 11 is my boy, Cam Akers, running back of the Los Angeles Rams. Underdog ADP, pick 12.3, running back number 9. Now, I've slightly detracted a little bit on Cam Akers and moved him down my rankings, but... As a top 12 running back, that's still a solid ranking for Cam Akers, and I have a lot of belief in Cam Akers. I draft him inside of the first round. 5'10", out of Florida State, last season was his rookie season. In 13 games with just three starts, he finished as running back 45 in PPR, 43 in half PPR, and 42 in standard, averaging 7.8 PPR points per game, 7.4 half PPR points per game, and 7 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Cam Akers was running back 53 in PPR, 49 in half PPR, and 44 in standard. But that is with a lot of obstacles that Cam Akers was jumping through. He was like in the Olympics. He's doing these hurdles. He's juking. He's dipping. He's diving. He's ducking like he's in dodgeball. That's what he had to do last season because there's a lot of obstacles ahead of him. He had Darrell Henderson ahead of him. Malcolm Brown was also ahead of him. And he got hurt early on in the season, which made the breakout time for Cam Akers to be pushed back a little bit. You know, just wait a little bit later, you know. And then he eventually becomes the workhorse running back of the team. His first six games of the season, he was basically useless. But weeks 12 through 17, when he was given the big load, he was, <laughs> winky wink, the big load, like his name was Mia Malkova, then boom, he's very good. Who would have guessed? A running back getting a high workload on a team like the Rams with a strong defense would be good. Who, who would have guessed, right? There's a reason why Darrell Henderson was a solid fantasy pick in 2019. But Cam Akers is Darrell Henderson, but with far more skill. Last season in those five games, the five-game split where he was actually really given the rock. Now, I understand he only technically started three games, but those five games was when he was scoring a lot of points versus the first six games. It's like night and day. In those five games at the end of the season, weeks 12 through 17, Cam Akers was averaging 13.6 half PPR points per game versus 5.05 early on in the season, 14.4 PPR points per game, 5.3 earlier on in the season, 12.8 standard points per game, 4.8 early on in the season. Why is this? It's because there's a lot more rushing attempts given to Cam Akers, 19 per game at the end of the season, 8.33 at the beginning of the season. That's on a per-game basis. Rushing yards per game, 84.8 
versus 33.5. His rushing TDs, he scored zero in the first half of the season, 0.4 in those final games. games of the season for receiving he also was receiving more targets 2.2 per game versus 0.5 he had more receptions obviously 1.6 per game up from 0.5 and he also didn't end up scoring any receiving touchdowns at the end of the season but he scored 0.17 per game at the beginning of the season so with cam Akers, you can see that clearly when he's given the workhorse role that sean McVay has announced to the world he got on his megaphone he said hey cam Akers is the workhorse running back of this team so you listen to him even though, Cam, even though Sean McVay is the king of the cap, he's the king of lying, because he told us that Todd Gurley was fine for years, which I told you, no, no, Dikembe, no, 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 he's not. But that's a story for a different thing. Todd Gurley is now basically useless in the NFL because of his knee arthritis. You hate to see it. But Cam Akers is going to be useful. And they brought in Matty Snapback, Matthew Stafford, former quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Now, Jared Goff, in my opinion, is not a bad quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not even an above-average quarterback, but he's an all-right quarterback, right? You can get things done with Jared Goff, which was clear because they got to the fucking Super Bowl with Jared Goff. But Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford would make Jared Goff his bitch. Matthew Stafford is a next-level NFL quarterback who I think a lot of people don't know about that. I don't think a lot of people know how good Matthew Stafford is, and we'll see it this year when he's actually on television. Most of the time... The normal football fan has seen Matthew Stafford. It's not on red zone because they, they were never really scoring. Obviously, in the past, he was on red zone a lot. But when you're watching an actual Detroit game, the only time you ever see them is on Thanksgiving. And that's the game most people skip because they know that the Lions are going to be getting bent over. And it's not even fun to watch. But now he's in L.A. with Cam Akers, who I think he's going to be fine dumping the ball off to. He's fine dumping the ball off to DeAndre Swift. He's been fine dumping the ball off to running backs in the past, like on Johnson. So I believe that Cam Akers is in a very good role here for great success, as Borat would say. So at now at number 12, this is definitely a spot where people are going to be inserting 7,000 different running backs. At number 12, you'll see Najee Harris, you'll see Joe Mixon, you'll see Antonio Gibson, you'll see a bunch of other running backs, in my opinion. I think a lot of people are going to have a different number 12, but mine is AG, Antonio Gibson, underdog ADP, running back number 11, overall pick a 17.3, which is a steal, in my opinion, for Antonio Gibson. In 14 games last year, Gibson was the running back 13 in PPR, 12.5 PPR and 14 in standard, averaging 14.4 PPR points per game, 13.2 half PPR points per game, and 11.9 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Antonio Gibson was running back 18 in PPR, 16 in half PPR, tied with Ezekiel Elliott, and running back 15 in standard, tied with Miles Sanders. Antonio Gibson, going into last season, was basically looked at as like the number four back on the team. But then the dice rolled completely in his favor. They get rid of Adrian Peterson, Geis, fuck Darius Geis, you know what he did, he's an asshole, so he's gone, and then boom, Antonio Gibson becomes that guy pal, and he fits that role perfectly, like a glove, shout out to OJ Simpson, perfectly, a perfect fit, because this guy's great at receiving the ball, he's good at rushing the ball. At Memphis, this guy doesn't have any stats that you would read and be like, why the fuck did the Washington football team draft this guy in the third round? Because he doesn't have any stats. But when you flipped on the tape for Memphis, you'd be like, you're looking at the tape like this, and you're like, wow. Wow. He's good. He's good. He's great at receiving. He's great at rushing. So, in the NFL, 
when he gets brought to Washington, they put him in the receiving room at practices, or not practices, but like in meetings, they put him in the rushing room, the running back room, because he's good at both. He could be both. He's like a Swiss Army knife, but not like Taysom Hill, you know, because Taysom Hill could be like the quarterback too, you know. But at the end of the day, Antonio Gibson has a nice role in this offense, which I think will continue to get better because of the quarterback play in Washington. Last year, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith. There was another quarterback, I believe, who played at that point, Kyle Allen. So it's like a complete shit show in what Taylor Heineke in Washington. So, so bad. So bad. But even with through this garbage quarterback play, Gibson played well. Gibson had 44 targets last year, 36 receptions, 247 receiving yards. He also had 170 carries, 795 receiving yards, and 11 total touchdowns. Seventh highest at the running back position. He had 795 rushing yards, I should say, not receiving. He had 247 receiving yards. So he put up a solid season with all of these factors put against him. Now think about what he's going to do with Fitzpatrick, who's a much safer quarterback. When you have a strong defense, late in the game, you can run the ball. The Washington football team has a very strong defense. They play in a soft serve division with the Giants, with the Eagles, with the Cowboys. Those defenses are fucking terrible. Terrible. Those are six games out of the season you're playing those bums, which is a huge, huge step up for Antonio Gibson, which is why I believe this guy is going to be amazing in fantasy football. He's not a household name, so he's going a little bit later, but people will remember the name, like that song that uh, was really popular a bunch of years ago. The, who made that song? I don't know, but I think that Antonio Gibson will be a valuable asset of... <laughs> What did I even just say there? A valuable asset for fantasy football in 2021. Let me know about my top 12 rankings. Is it wrong? Is it right? Am I spot on? Am I completely off? Let me know. I'd love to talk to you guys down below in the comment section. I hope you guys do have a great rest of your guys' day. This was a very long video. There should be timestamps. If you're watching this instantly, there's not going to be timestamps, but like an hour or two from when you start watching this, there will be timestamps. I love you guys all. Make sure that you stay safe. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Chef's kiss, as always. Stay safe. Goodbye. And happy Monday tomorrow. Goodbye.